Morning, team. Coming up to uh, four minutes past five. It's Thursday morning. It's National Donut Week. Mm, lovely. We like donuts. And uh, what else is it today? Oh, a couple of birthdays we're celebrating later on. And we also celebrate the fact that Theatre Tokens are 25 years young with the fact that we have a fantastic competition to send you, in fact, uh, five five. Five lots. I said five pairs of you, actually. I suddenly remembered where I was going with that one. So five people can each take a partner and go and see the international smash hit show Stomp, which is at the Ambassador's Theatre. So details coming up a little bit later on this morning. Good morning, Paul Savory. Good morning, Steve Allen. National, National Donut Week. I got a bit excited about. Nothing like it. Nothing like it, except that the Ferrari programme stole my donuts. And I only knew about it because I was in two days ago and Courtney who sits on the door downstairs. So, in fact, if you walk into the building during the daytime, Courtney will be the one that you see first of all. He's built like Man Mountain. And he said, did you get your donuts the other day? So I thought it was some term for something else. So I said, no, I didn't. And he said, well, three, three boxes came in for you. I said, three boxes? When I'd been in, I'd seen three empty boxes sitting in the corner. Mm-hmm. And I'd thought, oh, that's nice. The Duns have sent in donuts again. Yes. I thought, obviously not for me. But then, lo and behold, they had, and they'd come to the breakfast show, and they'd eaten them. How dare they? Eaten my donuts. So, uh, yesterday, luckily, I got my donuts. Right. And then today, I've said to Courtney, if they arrive in after I've gone at seven, keep them. Because <laughs> I want them. <laughs> because I want them. And I said, what time do they arrive in? He said, normally about seven. Mm. So, if you're listening down at Dunn's Bakery in Crouch End, could you get them here a bit earlier this morning? Because <laughs> <laughs> I did eat two yesterday and went home nearly had a hypo. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a dreadful state. <laughs> I've forgotten how, how bad for me donuts are, but delicious. And they came in, some with, with jam in, some with ring donuts. How yeah. you do the holes, I've got no idea. Some that have got um, icing sugar and hundreds and thousands. Do you prefer the filled or the ring donuts? Do you, I couldn't care less. I eat all of them. They're good, aren't they? They are nice. Yes. You shouldn't... Uh, I really shouldn't eat them, them. But they're good. Well, yesterday I was having one of my complete sugar breakdown things where I'd obviously overdosed on too much sugar because I decided to go out after the programme and go and have a McDonald's. Again, a fatal thing for me, a stupid thing to have. So I bought a bagel, which had a sausage, whatever thing was in, some reconstituted egg. And and I had that. And then I had uh, two hash browns. And I walked round the back streets (laughs) eating this, thinking, if anybody sees me, I'm going to be in big trouble. So the time I got back, having had the donuts, I'm high as a kite. The hash browns are good. They are good, but... Full of salt. Full of salt, exactly. But they do little tiny ones in Burger King. They do a little bag of hash browns. That's right, little dipping... They're nice! <laughs> because they're crispy. Exactly. And they're full of fat. I'm going to be so sick. <laughs> and, of course, everything that tastes good, we shouldn't eat. That's the problem. Yeah, but years ago, I never worried about eating things and, and putting on, you know, weight and stuff like I that. I still don't. Well, <laughs> you know, I try and... I'm, sometimes I stand in the shower in the morning and think, if I hold it in, it doesn't look too bad. No. Or if I look directly at myself in the mirror, it doesn't look too bad. Yes. If I, don't, I look sideways... It's the sideways bit. As, you, as you're walking... Because for some reason, I don't know why, my, in my place, they put huge mirrors in the bathroom. I've added to them, of course. So whichever way you are, you, and you see yourself, and you think, oh, that's not attractive, is have it? have them on the ceiling as well. I in did think about that. I thought about bedroom mirrors. I mean, they, they would be underemployed, but I did you think about it. You Stringfellow. Yes, Peter's got them as well. Yeah, he has, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going round to Peter's flat once, when he was with Coral, and just off Regent Park, and he had nude pictures of himself and Coral in the sitting room. Big, big photos of themselves, nude, but sort of giants like the size of that window. Oh, dear. I know, it's not the kind of thing you really... You know, if you're inviting somebody around for tea, you don't want to see nude pictures, do you? Your bank manager or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Would you like to sit... Oh, my God. Because <laughs> you don't really know where to look. 
It was like years ago when we went to this, this sauna in Austria when I was working over there. And it was a mixed sauna and this family walk in. And it's really embarrassing. You've got sort of mum and dad and you've got the daughter who's about 16 and the son who is about 14. I mean, you spend all your time looking at the ceiling. How families can go out and sit naked together? I've got no idea. I never sat naked. It's culture, with... isn't it? Yeah, but I never sat naked with my parents. No, but because it's not in your culture. No. Over there, it's different. The Europeans are, are more uh, open about things, aren't they? Yes. Loose morals, my mother would have said. <laughs> yes, but, <laughs> but it's not really. Well, it's, it's but just... But don't you think it's just, just odd acceptance. that your parents see you naked when you get to a certain age? Well, they've seen you naked when you were born. Yeah, but that was different. Things things hadn't developed then. Oh, I see. Mind you, in some people's yes. mind, they still haven't. <laughs> oh, you mean the, the children were a little older? Yes. I mean, oh. the moment you... St- it's like going to school, isn't it, and going to the showers. You don't want to go into the showers once you get to a certain age, because you just don't. No, indeed. And, and there's, there was always that master who used to go, OK, uh, in the showers, I'm not going in. No. Not while you're standing there, I'm not. <laughs> Start getting a little bit <laughs> yeah, funny, I'm got afraid. got one of those as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the papers, because the last two days we've had the, uh, the lovely story of Jordan and Peter Andre splitting up. Still not sure if it's a publicity stunt. I don't believe it. You don't believe they have? No. You see, I'm in, Max Clifford is in two minds as well. I'm in two minds, and I'm, I'm not sure, because I know how vile she is... I know how vile they both can be on the shows. She's constantly made references to the below-the-waist stuff, saying, you know, he's, he's not, you know, particularly well-endowed. And yet in the jungle, he's then retaliated with something else. She's now gone off with two of the kids to... I can't remember where she's gone to. He's gone to Cyprus, but left Harvey with a carer. Yes. So apparently they've now had these phone calls backwards and forwards. To be honest with you, Max Clifford thinks we're going to see the reconciliation and it'll be a way of Jordan making more money. Of course it will. Of course I have advised him, take her for everything Mm. you can get. As you know, Mm. from my pictures on Facebook, I do know one of them. Mm. So, um, I also know... Do you think it's a stunt, then? I've also met them both as a pair. Yes. And they get on very, very well. They do, but the trouble is, this one now, you can't start messing around with, with children, taking two away and leaving one all by himself, without any parent. So that's where I think that's the only bit that falls down for me. Up until then, I'd have said, he needs to get a new album off the ground. Uh, she's just thinking, how can we make some more money? Let, let's come up with this thing. But you mm. don't then start leaving children. Well, he does have a new album coming out. Yeah. And the, the children being left on their own is absolutely anecdotal. It's what they've put out. Well, he, he, they, they have pictures today of him in Larnaca yes. with his brothers. But Harvey is here. She didn't take Harvey abroad. So that's what worries me as to why Harvey's been dumped on... I mean, if, if it's true, then it's absolutely scandalous that they've used the children in this, in this silly little game of theirs. Well, but we'll wait and see. I think it's possible. Yeah, well, might be. Uh, Michael Parkinson has launched a shocking new attack over Jade Goody. Not over Jade Goody, but over all the people who slagged her off before. He said the moment she then dies, they'll go, oh, you know, sad, isn't it? He said before that, they're calling a fat pig. The trouble is, as, as Parky will know... Um, you know, it is sad if anybody dies. You don't have to like somebody just to go, no. I think it's very sad somebody's died. I couldn't stand her. No, I know yeah. that. And you didn't change your your, nope. your tune. Of course it's uh, it's sad when anybody dies. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, just, um, it's just a question of getting on with life, really. Mm. It, it's... But but you did the right thing. You didn't change your opinion at no. all. You publicly didn't change your opinion, although you said it was sad. And it was sad. Yeah. 
It's sad if anybody dies, but, um, you know, we've all been through it, haven't we? It's like watching The Britain's Got yeah. Talent, and we've said all the time, the one thing that all these people need on the show is, is, is something to hang a hat on. That's so right. you've either got to have a grandmother who's died, somebody who said, oh, I wish you'd appear on this show because you've got great talent, then dropped dead and was run over by a bus, anything like that. That's what gets you in the paper. Just being an ordinary person get, doesn't get you anywhere. No, well, I, I lost a friend this week, very, very suddenly. Yeah. Um, he fell off a ladder. Just like that? Brain injury... No, stroke while he was in hospital. Death. How old? Uh, he was 64, but um, right. actually he was quite well known in, in certain circles. Do you remember the band Jigsaw? Sky yeah, High. Sky High. Well, Clive was the keyboardist in, oh, in right. Jigsaw and uh, also wrote the song. Right. Uh, and I know him because he, he produces records now. Right. Uh, or did. Very young, uh, though, isn't it? Very young, very tragic. Lovely, lovely man. Uh, and it... it it just goes to prove that only the good die young. Yes. We'll be around for a long time. The trouble is, I mean, it depends whether you believe that, that you go somewhere else. It depends whether you believe that when, when you die, you either go to this mythical place called heaven or you go straight downstairs, depending on how naughty you've been in your life. Mm. Or are they still here now? Well, you know, the thing is, nothing comes from nothing. Mm. And something doesn't go to nothing. Yeah. So, it's, you know, I think I think... There is something afterwards. I really do. But what it is, I have no idea. No. Are we all walking around in white clothing? Well, no. A bit I like Randall and Hopkirk deceased. Yes. <laughs> Quite like that idea, actually. <laughs> uh, Mike says, don't you mean a hyper? Well, I call them hypos, actually. I know hypodermics and things like that. Whatever it is, you don't feel particularly good when you've had a lot of sugar inside your body. <laughs> oh, I do. I, <laughs> well, you would. <laughs> I'm bouncing around. Not much use for me. So, so when, when, when people are talking about Jade and Michael Parkinson, he hasn't launched a shocking new attack at all. He says, I never called her thick as a, um, an outhouse. He said, I was never rude about her. He said, I did say she had no talent, which Max Clifford has come out and said. Mm-hmm. And I said that the only time she, uh, she actually ever, ever got the, uh, uh, the public's attention, really, is when she was dying. Well, true. Well, no, that's not true, actually. I think she got a lot of publicity before that. Mm. And you have to admit that from what life dealt her, she did pretty well Mm. on it. I must just tell Chris briefly, you have to print them off. Okay, (laughs) No good telling me where the headlines are in Burley. I've got no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) You have to go outside and print them off somewhere else (laughs) on another screen. I think, and then uh, so, so we'll have the headlines in a, in a second. But it, it's true. I mean, she was unable to control her own life. People sort of said, "Do this, do that," and it paid her lots of money. I don't think. I think he's been quite honest. I think people took it all out of context when he said, "You know, she was on the, from the wrong side of the tracks." The only time people offered it, even he said, "Carol Malone." One minute calling her a, a fat this and fat that and mm. thick and all the rest of it. Then the moment she dies, going, "Oh, it was very sad." Well, of course it was very sad. Mm. But so you know, everybody said the same. The difference is, I didn't actually change. I didn't change at all. I kept exactly the same. People said, oh, the, the moment she was dino- diagnosed with cancer, and it appeared, first of all, in the papers. And I said, well, look, knowing what this, this business is like for overhyping things, let's wait till we've had it officially from a doctor, not some journalist who's written it in a newspaper. And somebody wrote in and said, don't you feel guilty? No, not one tiny iota, I'm afraid. No, not one you. iota. Didn't, didn't, couldn't care less about it, to be honest with you. It was just somebody, you know, of one, one generation, John Lennon, was, was from another generation, and they've just put his suit on display, the one that he was shot in that night. What? I know Yoko Ono decided that the public wanted to see it. And God knows why. Where is this? It's in some museum at the moment. I mean, it's in just... In America. In America, yes. Mm, 5.15 is the time. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, LBC 97.3. <laughs> 
morning, everybody. It's uh, nearly 20 past five. Staggering news this morning. You can buy a watch in Lidl this morning, should you show <laughs> so desire. I couldn't believe this when I saw the ad in, uh, in the paper this morning. If any of you are after an arc welder, they're selling them at Lidl for thirty nine ninety nine. Must go and get one today. Yes, must I, go. I, I haven't got one, I must admit. I, I have an offer for you. I have a sale that you're going to want to go to. So you said. Yes. This is a sale where there's only 20 items on, on display... Mm. And if I tell you that they're all going for a penny each, mm. uh, they're generally worth. They're, there's ties, uh, jewellery, wallets, things like that. They're being sold in Marks and Spencers. Marks and Spencers are celebrating the fact that they were the original penny store. Penny Bazaar, yes. The penny Bazaar. So they're setting up in 300 of their biggest outlets the Penny Bazaar, with these items which are on display. I mean, a lovely uh, necklace with earrings. Absolutely uh, ideal for, the, the, for those nights you're, out. You're after one of those, Normally £9.50 on offer for a penny. And oh, what they're goodness. doing is they've got, I think, two million items. Mm. So each person will be limited to five. Well, you know what's going to happen. There's kids going in there. They'll be queuing up because their parents will be going, get, so we can get the whole lot. You know, we'll all go in there with the cl- clutch, clutch, you know, Five, five, five pennies, and you can buy all five items, and then we can eBay them and sell them later. And That's what people this? will be doing. This starts next Wednesday. Right. Next Wednesday. And I wish I'd not mentioned it, actually, because I've suddenly I wish thought... you hadn't. I've actually done myself out of, uh, <laughs> out of something here. Out of a necklace with earrings. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and a wallet, and all this other good stuff. Uh, also, Canterbury makes the news today. Why is that? And for all the right reasons. Apparently, it's not gay enough. Canterbury oh. is... They, they don't have a gay bar. They do. It's called the Cathedral. <laughs> a veritable fairyland, I should well, imagine. Obviously an opening there, then. There, there certainly is. So they want to get... And they're saying, I'm terribly sorry, but the, the local gay groups have said, why can't we have a gay bar? You tend to forget that outside of London... I mean, in London, I don't think anybody gives a forex about... You know, it, one, it used to be a bit novel, didn't it? Oh, there's a gay bar down that street. Richmond used to have two, two gay bars. Now it's got one little pokey place where sort of people look at you very strangely. And Windsor doesn't have one. I don't think any more. Used to be on the roundabout that used to feature in all the carry-on films. <laughs> and uh, and we, we have Old Compton Street. But apart from that, you go out of London, it's like going back into the Dark Ages. Mm, I know. I mean, it really is quite, quite backwards. So I wasn't at all surprised to hear that Canterbury has nothing at all. Yes. But, uh, but you would think it's quite a substantial city. But it's got lots of students. Yes, exactly. So they've probably got a gay socket uh, at the uni... Yes, they probably, yes. But, um... Gay society. <laughs> it seems so, seems so dated now, doesn't it? Well, it does. When you think of all There's absolutely things. no reason to have one anymore. But, There's uh, not. But, uh, you know, the, even Oxford has got a, a couple of places, I think. Yes, I think so, yeah. I think most, most cities, uh... I remember going to one years and years ago, because a friend of mine had said to me, you'll never believe this, but there's a, there's a, a gay pub out in the middle of the countryside in Aylesbury. And so I thought, this you have to see. Aylesbury. Aylesbury. And so I thought, Aylesbury, no, it can't be right, can it? So we drive out, we go down country lanes, we go, I mean, little, I mean I'm, at one point the tractor's coming towards, I'm thinking, this is just ridiculous. And in the end, we reach the very end, and there it is, a little tiny pub mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, only identified by the fact that it was gay, by the fact that there were two lesbians drinking outside. That was the only... How you did didn't... you know they were lesbians? Well, you could just tell. You know, I didn't... <laughs> the I don't... dungarees and wellies, It was right? the dungarees, the okay. wellies, and they creaked. That was all I could tell you. <laughs> and, and, and they were the only two people there. And the la- there was a landlord and landlady. Right. And so I sort of thinking, this is a bit odd, isn't it? They were both men, right? More, no. More in drag. It was a man no. and a woman. 
Oh. It was a man, and it was just very, in the middle of nowhere. God knows what the farming community would have thought but about it. But the only thing they were attracting was two lesbians. That was it. I mean, it was such a pretty pub. It was a little, um, straw roof, whatever they call them. Thatched. 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 Yes. You know, really pretty, but in the middle of nowhere, just the smell of farms wafting over every five minutes. Mm. Which is okay. Paul? We have had a, a, a bit of wafting going on in, uh, where I live have recently. Yes. Why? It's not manure time, is it? I think it probably is. Oh, they spread the... F- oh, there's a horrible smell that comes yes, off the fields when it they... Was, it was just coming in the wrong direction. Didn't last very Hugh long, will know about goodness. that, because I was talking to him the other day about farming and how they used to leave fields fallow, and then... But now, because of all the chemicals, you can literally keep regrowing. And s- what? <laughs> what? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Hugh and I share a lot in common, actually. Yes. Maybe he's not wearing a red shirt today. Hugh has fields, you have your hanging baskets. Yeah, all right. I don't think we need to go into that. Anyway, there's a Belgian city that's about to become the first in the world to go vegetarian. Oh, The whole city is going vegetarian for at least one day a week. (laughs) Starting this week in Ghent, there will be a regular weekly meatless day in which civil servants and elected uh, council officials will opt for vegetarian meals. The UN says livestock is responsible for nearly one-fifth of global greenhouse gas emissions. Hence, Ghent's declaration of a weekly veggie day. <laughs> it's all about global warming, isn't it? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Public officials and politicians will be the first to give up meat for a day. School children will follow suit with their own veggie dog in September. It's hoped the move will cut Ghent's environmental footprint and help tackle obesity. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Come have you ever been to Ghent? So ridiculous. Yes, I have. It's, it's quite pretty. It is quite pretty. But, you know, the idea... I'm a bit bored with vegetarians, I'm afraid. The World Centre for Mink Oil, you know. Is it? Mm. Well, Ghent? Yes. Oh, right. I seem to remember seeing old old pictures of travellers going through. Not, not travellers in caravans, but travellers who were sort of... It was on the a spice route thing or whatever. I can't remember what was it was. Was it really? I'm sure it was something bizarre. I remember thinking, oh, Ghent, how interesting. <laughs> Apart from that, there's nothing else good about it at all. But the idea of going vegetarian... I've gone right off veggies. And yeah, I've got a number of friends who are vegetarians, including my producer, Amanda, who is vegetarian. And it's great. You have to cook for them when they come round. See, everybody else is having steak and chips and the kind of... And you've got to do them some peculiar thing that's turned up on the television. You go round to their house and you don't get your steak and chips because they won't, they won't touch meat, which is a bit of a pain. Roy Walthamstow says, Happy St. Matthias Day. Today. Is it really? St. Matthias, the patron saint of carpenters, tailors and reformed alcoholics. Oh, there we are then. <laughs> they probably all fit together in the same <laughs> bag, I should imagine. So, happy St. Matthias Day. Uh, Anita is apparently uh, in Texas and is homesick. Not surprised, actually. I've been to Texas. It's, it's the kind of... It's so big. There's nothing there, is there? It's just sort of... Just swathes of nothingness, I'm afraid. Cloudy with uh, dry and patchy mist to start this morning. Heavy scattered showers this afternoon. Lovely. Just what we need. Good for the garden. Tis. Paul. Steve. Another story. A Buckinghamshire man, Buckinghamshire, Buckinghamshire. even, man has created the world's smallest roadworthy car. From former Oof. postman Pat's children's ride. The Mini Motors, only 39 inches high and 26 inches wide, and was converted by car fanatic Perry Watkins from Wingrave. The US-based World Records Academy has confirmed the car, which Mr Watkins has christened the wind-up, is officially the world's smallest car. Mr Watkins has previously broken the record for the world's lowest car three times, found the inspiration for this latest motoring endeavour while surfing the internet. How sweet. It is. I love little cars. Actually, talking of little tiny things, thank you, I have to lift it up a bit higher, I'm looking through it, thank you. Do you know what they've also brought out today? The Mini Melon. The Mini Melon. The Mini Melon is out and it's one inch across. 
So these are bite-sized melons. Seems a bit of a waste to me. Yeah, but I quite like... Don't you... You'd see melons and you think, I've got to cut it in half and then slice it and all those. These are little bite-sized, so you just pop it in your mouth. And you can eat the skin. Well, I haven't got that far with it yet. I'm, I've just discovered it's tiny. It's only an inch across. But if you can eat the skin, it's fine. If you can't eat the skin, yeah. what's the point? Do you remember one of the supermarkets? I used to complain bitterly about uh, oranges. No, never, not you. And I could, Yes, exactly. I never Bitter? I don't think so. But they, uh, they actually started selling at Sainsbury's oranges that were peeled. For those of us who can't bear to peel oranges. <laughs> I remember thinking, what a brilliant idea. <laughs> and everybody else was going, are you mad? Are you quite barking mad, I'm afraid? What always amazes me is the way you can go into any supermarket and buy a thing of mashed potato. Oh, I love that. But why not just boil potatoes and mash it yourself? No, because Marks and Spencers make it. And everybody else. But you can make it yourself. No, it's not the same. And it's cheaper. Oh, no. Who, who, who's and got the time? And it hasn't got all these chemicals in it to keep it fresh. But who's got the time to sit there and start, you know, boiling the potatoes, then mashing me? them? For mash, get smash. No. Thank you. That's how it works. Yes, but you misread it. <laughs> mash, get smashed. Smashed. Yes, and I have been <laughs> smashed on many occasions. Mikey no. says, I wish Parky would shut his sour old trap. He's looking for more publicity. He was not saying all this stuff when he was fawning over on his show. I don't think she's ever done his show. I don't think Parky ever would have had Jade Goody on there. No, I don't think I don't so. think so. I've, I've sort of read it here. And, um... I don't think he's ever done her on his show. Why would he do her on his show? She couldn't string two words together. That's the only reason that the Jordan and Peter Andre story is running and running, because she's always miserable. You never once see her laughing and having fun. She's the most miserable cow you'll ever bump into. She's god-awful. But again, she won't actually go on programmes because she can't get the words out that she wants to. So we, we could be divided on this one. Paul thinks it could be a con. I think it could be genuine. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to 60, Valen's early breakfast. Paul Savory with us uh, this morning. <laughs> Good morning. Being Thursday. And uh, Angela says, heaven does exist, Steve. Paul works there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does sometimes, <laughs> yes. And actually, now they're all saying about cereal, that cereal is very good for you in the morning. A bowl of cornflakes, apparently, does the trick. Well, I'm into these crunchy clusters or whatever they're oh, called. Oh, they're dreadfully they? bad for you. It's all sugar. I know, they're that's why I like them. Oh, they're delicious. <laughs> you, can, you can eat them even without milk. I like them with the, with the nuts and caramel oh. bits. Oh, they're good. Oh, Anything yeah. Caramel can't eat them. Like. Can't eat them. Oh, I can. Okay. <laughs> now, I did there. mention at the very beginning uh, of the week that it's National Donut Week, uh, beginning of the show, but um, the, the reason it's National Donut Week is that it runs until Saturday the 16th. There's over a thousand independent bakers take part, and 6p from every donut sold, goes to the Children's Trust. And they do this every year. So far, they've raised well in excess of £660,000, which is really good, actually, really, really good. And this uh, trust helps uh, give care and education for children with multiple disabilities and complex health needs, as well as support for their families. So the more, the more donuts you eat, the better it is. But it's the independent bakers, and they'll have a thing saying National Donut Week. So look out for that. I think, actually, Christopher Freeman was the, was the one who, who founded it, all those years ago, at Dunn's Bakery in Crouch End. And so what he does, very kind, every day for the week, he sends in donuts. Oh, lovely. I know. Go and buy donuts today. Go and buy loads of them, because I love, I love them. I mean, yesterday's lot was delight. I ate two in front of James O'Brien. Wasn't happy at all, I'm afraid. <laughs> it didn't mean look you didn't very give happy. Him one. Sorry, didn't give him one. I didn't because he doesn't eat stuff like that. Strange enough, does he not? No, it sticks on his beard. But it, no, he's he's all sort of half shaved the beard off. Oh, has he? It's all a bit peculiar. I've seen him for a long time. Sushi he turned up with the other day. Pooh, sushi is great. Oh, oh, oh right. You never tried sushi? No, I don't eat you raw should. fish. No, I don't. Oh no, you don't do fish at all. I don't really. do fish. Well, I can do fish fingers. Do you like smoked salmon? Yes, I'll eat smoked salmon. Right. Well, you'd like sushi. 
I don't, but I can't bear the smell of it. But, but if it's really fresh, it shouldn't smell. Mm. I mean, it looks very pretty. I do understand how it, how it works. I just can't bear the stuff. I'm terribly sorry. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go to uh, chat to Art. Hopefully he's in an upright position this morning. Probably rehearsing already. Hello, London. These are the results of the Cyprus jury. It's Nathan Morley. Morning, Nathan. Morning, Sheep. Good morning, Nicosia Calling. Yes, Nicosia Calling. How l- Actually... We, uh, we've been judging the performance of Paul Savory and Steve Allen. Oh, yes. And decided to throw in the bloody towel. Yes, Nil I think point. so. <laughs> yes. You're not, Nil point. There's no point in trying to beat us. Although, I might need your help. Oh, crikey O'Reilly. Okay. What, what, what have you done now? We are told that Peter Andre is in Larnaca. Not only is he in Larnaca, he's in Pavolia, which is around, uh, oh, what around, 10 kilometres uh, east of me here. So, right. yes. He is here, I know that for a fact, because one of my buddies reports on one of your red-top papers. <laughs> That's a surprise. <laughs> the, poor, the poor old thing's been covering the Peter Andre story, meaning, you know, hanging around this ridiculous pink mansion they have with a... Uh, what looks like an ice cream cone on the roof. <laughs> and uh, he, he is here, yes. So is, Should I is, go and consult him? No, I'm, I'm just thinking, because the story in the paper today is that... She, well, it was in yesterday as well. Is that she went off somewhere with two of the children, leaving him yeah. with Harvey. He's now gone, they say, to Larnaca, but now you tell us exactly where he is, but without Harvey, who has been left with a carer. My understanding is, and obviously I'm taking an enormous interest in this story, enormous interest, <laughs> is that he... Well, he came through Larnaca Airport yesterday... Yeah. Um, with with a mate, with a friend, and uh, he's now here with because he's got a brother here, you know, yes, who he has, runs yes. a, a local gym in uh, just outside Larnaca, and he's staying at the house, and some of his friends and family are here. I don't think there are any kids here though with him. Interesting. That means that they have dumped Harvey at home with a carer, which if, which if the thing turns out to be a huge publicity stunt to get publicity for his album or to rake in more money, is absolutely disgraceful that they would mm. they would use the children as pawns. In fact, that really I, would I, Obviously, really I don't know going. whether the children are here. Maybe uh, the, the kids Harvey came on a separate flight. I don't know. Mm. All I know that they've been they've been spotted out of this. Uh, this great big house, which has come a bit of a tourist attraction. Yeah. And if they, were, if they were charging entry, and they could have made a fortune it's by on now. bus tour, is it? <laughs> is it on the bus <laughs> tour? I'm sorry, say that again? Is it on the bus tour? Uh, it, well, look, I'm Morley Tours, are, uh, we're getting in all the sites. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, if I actually got a bus today, took it to Ianapa, put Peter Andre's house, we're going, pay a tenner, I'm sure I could clean up. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you could. That's I'm a very sure good idea, could. actually. Why am I talking to you when I could be earning? Oh, no. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Although, as somebody said the other day, with, with the Pope being in Jordan at the moment, there's probably yeah. very little to worry about, as far as Peter Andre is <laughs> concerned. <laughs> uh, the, that appears actually in the sun this morning, that line. Can you believe it? In Kelvin no, McKenzie's I can't believe column. it, yeah. Yeah, which is strange. Now, listen, of course, uh, coming up very shortly, it's Eurovision. Well, look, uh, as you know, every, every year for God knows how many years we, we, we talk about this fabulous contest, and I don't know if you stayed up for the first semi the other night? Mm, I was Did busy, you? actually. No, I'm, I'm in bed quite early these days. Ah, right. You didn't, didn't check it on no, YouTube I, or anything? No, no, I didn't. To be honest with you, about, I really couldn't care less this year. What, what about you, Paul? Are you going to put things up I here? did catch a small part of it, and I have to say it looks rather rock chick this year. I thought it was great. <laughs> well, you would. Women in the... leather, what more yeah, do you Yeah, he want? loves the rock <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Look, you know, in the past few years, 
hands up, it's been a, it, it's been naff. But the the first semi final was really great. I thought, you know, these these are good songs. These these uh, <laughs> is this Eurovision I'm watching? I was agog for the first half hour, and then the Russian military came on at the end. Did, did this really jazzy number, and I thought. Wow, this is turning into into something quite remarkable. So I have to say I'm very optimistic that uh, tonight's second semi-final will be just as good. And then the final on Saturday, well, bums on seats for that one, I think. You and know, do they, do, do they have maybe... the, Sorry, I was going to say, do they have the, uh, the semi-finals to eliminate certain people? Do they have to whittle it down? That's right, yeah. The, I think there are 16 songs in tonight's semi-final. Only 10 will go through. In fact, no, I'm sorry, it's not 16, it's 24 songs, I believe. Right. Um, uh, only 10 will go through, and it's a crucial night for us, for Cyprus, because we're in there, and if our girl, Christina Metaxa, doesn't get through tonight, then she's flying home, which would be a great shame. Oh, so, both Christina Cyprus. Metaxa, did you say? <laughs> As in Brandy. <laughs> it, just, it does sound like the Brandy, yes. She's only 16. <laughs> God, riveting. God bless <laughs> I her. I know, she wouldn't know what Brandy looked like, poor little thing. Are you joking? She's Greek. Of course she'd know what brandy looked like. <laughs> <laughs> OK, maybe I should rephrase. She wouldn't know what it tastes like yet. She's just of a 16-year-old. Of course she Are you would. mad? She's Greek. <laughs> of course she knows what it tastes like. <laughs> Actually, strangely enough, um, I was reading a piece in the paper the other day, just going back briefly to Peter Andre, and they asked a friend of his who owns an Indian restaurant, and the man who owns the Indian restaurant is called Nikos Christadou. <laughs> 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 and you think, That's what a good sort of Punjabi Indian restaurant name, that is? <laughs> There are, there are quite a few Cypriots in, uh, in, in India, believe it or not, in Africa. The, really? The Cypriot, oh, they're everywhere. Yeah, the Cypriot community has spread right throughout the world. Um, the great tradesmen and, and travellers from the oh, early part absolutely. of the, the last century. My, so there my are Cypriot hairdresser. roots everywhere. And not only that, if they all stayed in Cyprus, they'd be falling off the edge. Yes, it would well, be. This is true. This well, is true. It's, uh, Steve, who owns the hairdressers in, uh, in Richmond, and Michael, they're both uh, Greek Cypriot. Because I always say to them, I said, oh, Nathan's going to send over a copy of the Cyprus Mail. <laughs> of course, it hasn't arrived I yet. I will. So no, it, it, seriously, it doesn't matter, honestly. No, seriously, I will. Yeah. But you said that last time. <laughs> it is online, you know. There is a thing called the internet. It's yeah, but, it, but it's not the years. same as actually having a copy to touch, is it? A little right. bit of okay. little bit of home. I, I, I will do it today. I'll get a copy of the Cypress Mail and okay. I will pop it in the post to you. Oh, that's lovely. You watch this time next week, Paul. I'll be saying, oh, so that copy of the Cypress Mail never yes. arrived, did it? No, I tell you what, I'm going to do it. This is it. I will do it today I, oh, because right. I'll have to drive past the post office anyway. So I'll go to the new spam. <laughs> now, the Christadoulous, your hairdresser, was it, was it Chris Christadoulou, did you yes, say? Yes, Chris Christadoulou, yes. OK, I'll get a copy for Chris Christadoulou, and, uh, you know, if they need any other Greek Cypriot paper sending over, let me know. I can send a... No, you honestly, know, a no, because you'll be out of pocket, and for goodness sake, God knows you need as much money as you can get at the moment. This is true. This is why I'm doing Eurovision. <laughs> and, and the bus tours. <laughs> and the bus tours. Does Eurovision, just a matter of interest, does Eurovision pay a lot? Um, actually, no. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's all right. right. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, obviously the, the money in Eurovision is on the television commentary. Yes. You know, the radio commentary is uh, the poor cousin nowadays, isn't it? You oh. know, for lonely cab drivers doing taking Peter Andre to the airport. Oh. <laughs> nice to know he can still afford it. <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure he can. If yeah. not... 
If not, he can get a job in his brother's gym. Saying that, I have this morning's Sun newspaper here, and he looks he looks very tired, doesn't he? Well, I, I mean, this picture. I, I think it's actually been a little bit wearing, certainly wearing for us here. Uh, he does <laughs> look a bit... Uh, he was driven out of retreat last night... So his right. uh, friends, Chris and Michael, laid on a barbecue for him. That'll be lovely, won't this is, it? This is nice. That's this nice, is, you know. And, and, and the weather has been glorious. So uh, yesterday I spent the whole afternoon by the swimming pool just lolling about in my new inflatable chair. <laughs> and um, uh, and uh, if he was only down the road, which he is, I mean, yeah. the barbecue should have been lovely. Perfect weather. A per- perfect weather, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if the son want me to, to write a story, I'm more than happy to pop over there and, you know, <laughs> stalk, stalk him from my big bus. <laughs> I mean, now, 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 you've obviously read it. Paul thinks maybe it might not be as kosher as we think it is. I think that he's had enough of being pushed around by her. And I think after the other comments the other week where she was rude to him at the award ceremony afterwards, people were saying that he was, she was literally even worse than usual. Uh, mm. I, think it's, I think it's genuine. I think he's had enough. He doesn't want to be with her. They, ha- they s- strangely split up two weeks ago. And he mm. went and spent a few days with his, with his parents then. So I think now he's decided, listen, there is another world away from her. She's only made 12 million quid since she's been with him. So half of that is his. So only 12 million quid? Well, put it this way, oh. yes, most of it's come from her thing, but, the, but the, 12 mi- the, the 12 million has been from the joint items that they've done, the reality shows. But he was actually quite, I mean, I, I know he hadn't had hits for a long time, but yes. he was actually quite a wealthy fella himself, you know. Well, um, even I was never he- sure whether he had that much... I, I think he, did, he, you know, he he had a couple of quid in the bank. He had that big hit, mysterious girl, and I, I remember Peter Andre from the oh ninety six, ninety seven, because he used to be an Iron Apple all the time. He was here all the time, and um, then he had this big hit, mysterious girl, yeah. and then he came over after his when his musical career uh, kind of went went on the wane. He was back here again, and you used to see him around town a lot. You know, in Peter Andre's defence. I I think he's a really nice guy. I think he's nice. <laughs> I, I, I do think he's a little bit cheesy and naff and he's a bit dim. Well, he did have three number ones. Yeah, he did. Did he three number ones? Three yeah. number ones. I've been and to the, the toilet you know, three times in a day as well. <laughs> Behave yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, and the, uh, and the run was up until 2004, so he still will be getting royalties from that. Yeah. Yeah, and you remember this uh, hit, Mysterious Girl, was a, uh, not just a UK hit, it was a hit all over the world. Yes, and it was um, a, a, uh, twice, So he must have made quite a lot on that. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, from my own personal experience, you know, having... Yeah, and, and I, I, I know I'm not allowed to say anything positive about <laughs> meeting Peter Andre and watching him, you know, with fans. He seems like a really nice bloke. Yeah. And, and so, so I find it hard to, you know, he must be going through a pretty tough time at the moment. Must be dreadful for him. Must be dreadful. Uh, but, uh, you know, what I'm going to do is place a call, see if I can pop over to Pavolio, to yeah. the Pink Palace, and, um, you know, cheer him up in some small way. Because the story is, have they left Harvey home alone? That's the story. Uh, right. The story well, isn't I, I, that they've I, split I, up or anything else. Yeah, so I, I think you need to chase chase that one up. The Sun will pay big money if they've left Harvey home alone with just a carer. Yes, but it'll uh, be I think Alex money. West from The Sun is here this morning. He's oh, probably it? in the bushes somewhere. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> anyway, all right, we'll have to leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's enjoying himself. I anyway. have that, should I? <laughs> no, you shouldn't have done. No, it doesn't matter, though. Who cares? <laughs> Listen, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, if I'm not in, uh, the, in the clink. <laughs> exactly. And the money is on who for Eurovision? Eurovision, this is going to be wacky and it's going to knock you for six. Who's going to win? It's, it's going to be Norway or Iceland. Not Sweden. Not Sweden. She's, she's weird. 
Right. Okay. So I have weird. to leave it there. I run out of time. So you think either <laughs> Norway, you're not 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 biased, are you, or Iceland? <laughs> Iceland. She's lovely. Uh, oh, here we are. Good. Nathan, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Take care, Nathan Morley in Cyprus. So he's doing the radio commentary for Eurovision. Poor soul for his sins. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's eleven minutes to six Thursday morning. Uh, Richard in Horsham. Morning, Richard. Says, I do believe that Kate and Pete have split up. After hearing the news on Monday, I took the unusual steps of watching them in the next chapter stateside. You can see there's no chemistry. It appears that Pete is more of a henpecked husband than a loved one. She's made comments about her making all the money, his breath smell, comments on his celebrity status, and that they were arguing in, in America. And she was saying, nobody knows who you are over here. He said, nobody knows who you are. You're that slapper with big breasts and all the rest <laughs> of it. And so... If she's taken the kids off without his knowledge, then I've lost the tiny bit of respect I had for them, especially leaving the oldest child with a carer. But apparently, so the story went the other day, she literally, she asked him to leave the house. This is where they had this, this tiff. And then she went to the airport with a photographer and two of the children, leaving Harvey with Pete. Pete then goes off to Larnaca, which is where he is at the moment... Harvey, we still think, is back home. So poor Harvey is not, not quite home alone, but he's there with a carer, not, not mummy or daddy. Mm, which is a bit of a shame. shame. It is. <laughs> oh, dearie oh, me. Oh, dearie We're me. We're saying the same thing. Oh, but it is a shame, isn't it, that you would, especially as he's the one who needs all the attention. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll, we'll check on that. Uh, Steve, uh, I have a lot of mates who are vegetarian. And uh, thank you, Declan, for that. He well, said, if everybody, goes, gas, then. if everybody goes veggie, there'll be more gas than a few cows. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Quite not right. so good. And uh, we've seen the Swedish entry for Eurovision on the semi-final programme on Tuesday, and we do agree with Nathan. So far, it's our favourite. It's sung in a semi-classical fashion by a blonde Catherine Jenkins-style singer who seems to be winking a lot. Oh, well. Nevertheless, it was catching because the singer was a trained opera performer. She blew the other semi-finalists out of the water. Thank you very much indeed for uh, that one, Richard. Uh, so, now he knows, so Sweden. But Nathan's now changed his allegiance. He now thinks Norway. Really? Yeah. And I Iceland. Th- I don't know. The, the the bit I saw, as I said, seemed to be all rock chick, and I didn't think it was particularly good, I have to say. Do you remember that one that won one year that, that Nathan loved, which was the hard rock, hallelujah? Oh, yeah, the headbangs. I love stuff. that. Mm. I thought, I wish I'd put money on that one. <laughs> uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Waitrose always keep a wonderful... Organic orange, just cut in half, and then again, nothing like an orange to make the medicine go down, says Angela. Actually, the funny thing is, it's a bit like apples, me and oranges. I, I cringe when I eat an apple. I don't know why. I quite like them, but I go, ooh. What, sensitive teeth or yeah, something? Yeah, no, no, nothing at all. I just don't know why I've gone off apples. We used to have them as kids all the time. Well, you can buy them in a the bag, all sliced up. Oh, can you? Oh, yes. And where is that from? Um, I think Waitrose. Really? Do them. I'm... Oh, how lovely. Sure, Tesco do them. Guess who is reforming? A band. I know. But I do, yes, because Bill mentioned it, but I do think this is an old story because I'm sure I've seen them on the television lately. Well, I thought it's... Who is the group? Kajagoogoo. Kajagoogoo. I thought that they'd already been out by themselves without him. I thought there was always some argument over... I've seen them on the television recently. Oh, right. uh, And uh, with Chris Hamill as he is now... That's so, so, yes, so it's not uh, it's not old um, footage, right? And it was the whole group there. They have all got on. They have aged a bit. It's in the picture. Of course, they've aged. I know, but you just don't expect but, them to age, do you? No, but uh, you know, people forget the eighties were 
25 years ago. The one, I know, one, I know. I, I, I do try not to think about this. It. It's only funny because you've seen pictures of them and you look at them and you think, oh, right, so that's what you look like now. You know, it must be very difficult. Lamar used to wear all these wigs, didn't he, I think? But, you know, you always remember celebrities as they were when they were at their peak, when they were really famous. Yeah. That's how you remember them. Yeah. And, and when you see them... A, a long time afterwards, you just think, "Oh my goodness!" Well, that's like yeah. actresses, isn't it? But exactly well, the they're same. Celebrities too. Yes, but then, but, but the <laughs> actress Felicity Kendall has admitted having Botox and stuff like that because she said there was so much pressure on actresses nowadays uh, for people to look good. You have but to. Why look shouldn't good. she if she wants it? Well, I don't know. My, my bank manager threatened to close my account down if I have Botox. But you don't need it. That's not the point. The point is, I want to try it. To see what it's like, although I'm not generally very good with injections, as you know. No, but, you know, you have Botox if you've got wrinkles. You don't have wrinkles. Yeah, but I'd have much. less wrinkle. <laughs> or much, you see, now all of a sudden, now it's much. I don't, I mean, I don't no, have... you don't, do I don't you? have a huge amount of wrinkles, but I'd quite like to see what it's like, whether it can puff things up a bit. Well, I well no, plump. it doesn't... Uh, uh, plump. It doesn't do that. Does it not? What no. does it do, then? Just freezes? Well, it, what it does is... is it, it kills, uh, kills or deadens the um, the nervous system around there. It's, oh, right. It's actually um, a nerve agent that you, that is injected. Into I'm going it. off the idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going off the idea because the true. only thing that worries me is that a lot of hairdressers are offering it now. Well, they bring uh, in a doctor to do it. Yes, the, this is the problem. There was there was um, a, a, an item on the news the other day about fillers. Oh which yes, are, which are Collagen fillers that that do push out the skin, which is what. You oh right, I'll have a filler then. Um, and they were saying that a lot of uh, unqualified people are, are doing it. Well, anybody can set up because apparently you can buy this stuff. And do you not? Do you remember we we did the story yes, the, the other week the story on the DIY? About, that's right. But uh, I've just pulled it up on Wikipedia, and it oh, says well it's uh, it's one of the most lethal naturally occurring substances known to science. Botox lethal because um, in its Purified and isolated form, it says, is blah, 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 blah. I'm just having a it's look. It's blooming dangerous. <laughs> I'm just feeling here while I read. Oh, OK. Um, <laughs> but apparently it's good for migraines. Yeah. Uh, spastic disorders. Oh, dear. Um, it, it helps um, trauma, stroke, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease and cerebral palsy. Oh, right. Shan't be doing that one, then. Uh, treatment of chronic headache... Um, but there are side effects and there are uh, links to some deaths, according to all of this. Oh, dear God. And, um... You're not selling it. No. Uh, it, well, you know, having said that, Stevie, as you know, has mm. been having it since he was 23. And it, it did have a a very deep furrow across his right. forehead. Which is gone. Which is gone. But you have to keep doing it. And he does look it. a lot better for it. Yes, you do. You have to top it up. So if you stop, is, is it like minoxidil? Uh, on your hair, which will apparently will make hair grow on certain people. The moment you stop taking it, your hair goes to how it would have been had you never taken it. Is it the same with, with Botox? The moment you stop yeah. having it, your skin will... If, if you could age over within a matter of hours, then. Just drop over dinner, no. No. But, but it, does, uh, it does wear out. Uh, and right. you do have a... I, th I think it's about once every three months you have to have it topped and up. how much is it? I don't know. Oh, right. I, I thought for about three I've areas, I've never about had 300. It. I've never had Would it. Would you not have it done? Uh, I, I do know it depends on how many areas you have done and right. how much work they have to do. I'm going off the idea. But you don't need it anyway. 
How do you... Listen, you've got no... I mean, I, I wouldn't mind a bit of lipo as well, but I've seen them doing it, and by God, it looks dangerous. Yes, I they know. They stick this thing in your side and suck out whatever's in I, there. I keep thinking to myself, God. I'll have lipo, but then I think, no. 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 Just no. be yourself. It's we'll better, actually. Salad. There's no point. As I say, a friend of mine went, went, went to Switzerland, you know, just to go and buy a cuckoo clock and a Toblerone, came back with a pair of breasts and uh, very attractive. Sorry? It's what? We absolutely know it's dangerous. I've seen it being done on people. It's, it looks absolutely dangerous. They stick this thing in, which is like two and a half metres. Anybody can do it. I can set up a clinic today doing liposuction. Absolutely. Oh, well, the <laughs> trouble is, they always say if you have to advertise a clinic, then you shouldn't go there because most doctors will never recommend liposuction. Nobody will actually recommend it at all. For the simple reason they stick it in your body. And they wiggle it about to suck the fat out, yeah, which goes into a like bin. Like a vacuum cleaner. Like a vacuum cleaner. And the trouble is, the fat won't go back to that area, but it goes back to all the other areas around it. So you end up with these peculiar-looking things. I don't think it's ever well, been licensed, you're liposuction. You're talking about I'd the... I'd stake my um, reputation on that. Yes, you're talking about the effect that it can have when it's, uh, it looks uh, It's done for vanity. It's never done for anything else. Of course it's done for vanity. It's never d- no cosmetic surgeon would ever do anything like that. But, of course, as the cosmetic surgeons are not really regulated, it's a private body set up. Mm. But, it, it, yes, it's... You can I, have it done if there's something seriously the matter with you, but, but for, for vain reasons, you shouldn't have anything done at all. Mm. Really. No, I don't think so, either. Uh, Noreen is off uh, to, uh, to Torquay. Brian wants to go in August. They're in Cyprus. In, everybody's going to Cyprus at the moment. Uh, she says, we will keep an ear out for Nathan. We shall go by coach to Torquay, as I don't want to drive that far, and I don't know when Brian will get the OK to drive. Well, I've never been to Cyprus, but it sounds lovely. I know people who've got places over there. So, hopefully, you will have a lovely, lovely time. Uh, Dawn said, I didn't realise that Paolo Nettini is only 22, but sounds much older. Uh, a single candy is out on Monday, uh, and I shall, have a, I shall have a listen, and I shall check you out on YouTube. Because, obviously, if you type in Paolo Nettini, you can get it. I'll have to try and work that, uh, that link out a little bit later on. Listen, we'll take a short break for the uh, news. Uh, we've got a couple of birthdays to celebrate. And uh, we'll have a chat to Roger Foss as well. Plus, we've got a great competition. We're going to send five of you, each with a partner, to go and see the hit West End musical, Stomp. Morning, everybody. Eight minutes past six. So apart from the fact it's National Donut Week, if you go to Independent Bakers, uh, 6p from every donut goes to a fantastic charity called the Children's Trust. Uh, started, as I said at the beginning of the programme, by Christopher Freeman from Dunn's Bakery. And they've been very kindly sending in donuts, just so we know. Just, if you want to, want to watch presenters putting on weight, we're, we're the place for it. Uh, Maggie in Chipperfield says we have a May Fair at our Baptist church, which is this Saturday. And they've got home baking, preserves, bric-a-brac, tombola, books, toys, not to mention cream teas. Oh, lovely. That's quite nice. I haven't had a cream tea Where for ages. Where is it? It's um, Chipperfield Baptist Church. Sounds great. Where's now, Chipperfield? in the countryside somewhere. I can't remember where. <laughs> but she's from it, anyway. It sounds lovely. So, uh, good luck for that one. They do have a very friendly garden centre. And, another, another quick one for you here. Uh, twice a month, the Magic Circle open their doors to the public. Yep. And you can go in there, and uh, they have uh, a short talk on the history of magic and the Magic Circle, and then there's a stage show, and uh, there's drinks and light refreshments and coffee and stuff like that. And they're coming up again. And uh, all you have to do is visit themagiccircle.co.uk for details of how you can take a group down there. They like groups of people to go from organisations. And uh, you can go to the Magic Circle where you would not normally be admitted and you can have a look at some of the things that they've got, some of the exhibits, and you can watch some good close-up magic and they'll do a stage show for you as well. I was very lucky to be invited to uh, what I, I guess is the equivalent 
in Los Angeles. Oh, right, you went to the Magic, Magic Castle. Castle. Yes. Yes, I was invited into there once, and that was quite interesting. It is, isn't it? Yes. You've been there? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Many, many years ago. They have the, the piano that plays any tune. <laughs> you stand right. in front of it and sort of say a tune, and it will play it for you. Yeah. Which is quite nice. But they really have some, some very good... A lot, of the, a lot of British magicians go over there and, uh, and have good fun. So, magiccircle.co.uk if you want details of... Uh, of what's exactly going on down there. Plus, we'll be celebrating Theatre Tokens' 25 years of Theatre Delights, and I've got five pairs of tickets to give away in about 20 minutes' time for you to take a partner to go and see Stomp at the Ambassador's Theatre. OK, details coming up. It's only on this programme. It's not one that we're sharing with anybody else. Uh, Margaret in Earlsfield, very happy birthday for the other day from Lula, Alex and Phil, and Sheila for Edmonton from Edmonton for Wednesday. Uh, she's my aunt, says Nick, and she listens to your show every day. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to the both of you. So, Margaret in Earlsfield and Sheila in Edmonton. Paul. Steve, a Barnsley landlady has told regulars they can smoke in her pub. We have an update on this one. We do? Yes. They've said no. Right. Okay, well, I'll get rid of that one then. <laughs> the, I local, won't do that. the local um, um, health and safety people have said, well, you can if you've registered this. You can't just set it up. What she was setting up was a, it was a smoking clinic, wasn't it? That's right. That's right. A, a research centre. That's right, a, a research, research centre. Is it really affected? I mean, do you, think, do you think... I mean, I don't smoke, but I wonder whether it really makes a difference to people nowadays. Um, you can go to smoke outside. To some. Who wants to go outside in the winter here? Yeah, but all these landlords are put in these nice big umbrellas and heaters and everything else. In fact, else. Um, I went to Macro the other day. You remember Macro? Oh, I do, yes. And they're selling shelters. Smokers' shelters. Shelters. Yes, made out of um, uh, aluminium and and, uh, and plastic that Sounds you can wonderful. erect outside your premises for the smokers. Oh, for the smokers? Yeah. I tell you what I was looking at the other day, and you'll laugh, and I was going to bring it in and show you, because I'm, I'm looking around for a house at the moment. Uh, I was looking around for a house when I was going to win the 110 million. Sadly, it went to some woman oh, in Are you in still Spain. looking for a house? Uh, well, I looked at this particular house. The only reason I remember it is because it's not too far from my brother. It's in Romsey. Right. This house, they're building. I've never seen anything like it before. It's a brand new house. It's got... Wait for this. Don't ask me who this would appeal to, because I can't work it out myself. An underground garage for ten cars. OK. It's got two lakes, an aquarium in there, in a separate thing, ten bedrooms, seventeen bathrooms, seven kitchens. I mean, who on earth in this day and age would want... And the price, strangely enough, it's set in 11 acres, so it's all been landscaped, Mm -hmm. it's nearing completion, you can put the final touches to it, seven and a half million. Now, people listening might say, seven and a half million pounds, that's a lot of money. Believe you me, for this size house, it's incredibly cheap. Described, It's got a helicopter pad. But well, seven course. kitchens. Only one. Only one, exactly. <laughs> well, don't want that. <laughs> don't want that. I'd rather go and buy Anthea Turner's house. Strange enough, valued in the paper today. They've said five million. Oh. I've seen it up for 11 million. So oh. either she's been told as well, naughty Anthea and Grant, you were told not to put up your tennis court. The council have now issued proceedings. They've said you've got three months to get this down. You had no planning permission for it. They want the floodlighting down, they want the uh, tennis courts down, and you've got to replace it as it was. And she said, she's written to a local MP, which she did before, saying, can somebody do something about this for us? The answer is you cannot put up things without planning permission. So they're in all the papers today saying you've been very, very naughty. Put it back. It's like, you know, somebody else. I saw somebody once putting a garage on the house. Council came around, bricked up the front of their house so they couldn't get into the garage. They bricked it up. They bricked it up. 
Because I keep looking at this every day and thinking, how do you get in their garage? And the answer is, you can't, because you've got no planning permission. Goodness Very me. naughty. Anyway, you remember a couple of uh, weeks ago, we talked about the real-life uh, Victor Meldrew oh, in yes. Germany, whose name is Dieter Kohler. He's been back in, uh, back in the news again because he's been to court again uh, just days after being convicted of swearing at magistrates. He's now clocked up 253 court cases in the series of rows with bureaucrats and petty officials and now is claiming that a court psychiatrist who diagnosed an allergy to officialdom lied on oath at his last trial and suing him for £30,000 compensation. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know, it's, it just beggars belief, doesn't it? Um, it says, Kohler of Hamburg, Germany, who retired from teaching because he couldn't stand children, has broken all legal records in Germany where he struggles against red tape and has made him a cult hero. In one, he argued his right to have a new loo brush paid for by social services, and in another hearing, he demanded a state handout for new underpants. Good Lord. Like the Marks and Spencer sale. Uh, 6.15 is the time. LBC 97 point... Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past six. We'll have a chat to Roger Foss in one second. Firstly, Nick Ferrari, award-winning Nick Ferrari, after the news at seven this morning. Paper reviewer Siobhan Wikes, the editor of Love It magazine. Nick Clegg, they'll be talking to. Is there anybody left to uncover in the Telegraph's expenses expose? Today it gets even better. Uh, they'll be talking about speed cameras. Do they make our roads safer? I don't think they do, actually. People no, speeding up and slowing don't. down and all the rest of it. And they frighten the life out of you. Uh, plus, they're talking about the government's child measurement programme. Is it too extreme? And why have our advertisers turned nostalgic? All of that and more with Nick Ferrari after the news at 7 o'clock here on LBC. And we've still got a competition to go in a moment with the Society of uh, West End Theatre. Uh, joining us now, Roger Foss. Morning, Roger. Oh, hello. Are you there? Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm are. here. I thought I'd lost you for a moment. <laughs> I thought I'd lost you. Anyway, no. I do have a competition which I'll tell people about just after news at half past with the Society of London Theatre Tickets and Tokens. Oh, yes, I heard about that earlier. It's nice. Five pairs of tickets to go see Stomp. Sad yeah, news, Stomp. Uh, Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening, what a shame. What, what a, shame. a shame. What a great show. It is. I, I, and of course, every time I walk past there, I see your name I know. outside. It's at eye height, so you can't miss it at the Novello Theatre. It's such... The trouble is, it was, it was almost too good, this show. Almost too good. Well, it was. It won loads of Tony Awards, didn't it? And yeah. then it came over here and uh, opened at the Lyric Hammersmith earlier this year, just after Christmas. Yeah. And, of course, it was packed every night with young people going yes. on to see this show about these young kids in Germany, 19th century Germany, who are all kind of... Well, getting themselves all worked up over being teenagers and uh, not being able to find love or finding love and all the sort of traumas of teenage life. But absolutely fantastic rock music. And then, of course, it transferred to the novello. Mm. Uh, did reasonably well. But suddenly they've had to say, sorry, we're just not getting enough bookings. They've mm. got the most fantastic fan base. Yeah. And uh, people go and see it because they absolutely love it. And yet, somehow, they just haven't been able to pull it off, so it'll be finishing at the end of the month, which is a pity, really, because it's not one of those shows based on a movie, like there are so many in the West End, and mm. it's not based on any kind of back catalogue. It's a, one of those original shows, which is a rarity now. And uh, unfortunately, the audience hasn't been there for it, which is a shame, really. But, you know, mm. our our website has been inundated with fans who... 
you know, it's got its fan base, like like Wicked. Yes. So yeah. they've been phoning up in, in distress. With, with uh, our, uh, our our editor Sean said, he's thinking of having therapy classes or counselling. <laughs> Not for, surprised. For Spring Awakening fans who are going to miss the show. Yeah. So it's um it's it's a shame really but there you are this is the way it goes isn't it if you don't sell enough tickets then unfortunately you simply cannot carry on strangely enough i remember a show years ago called city of angels which was playing at the prince of wales yeah. and it was then announced it was going to close and all of a sudden there was such a resurgence at the box office that the thing remained in for about another 6 months yes exactly and that way let's hope that happens because the great thing about this show is, of course, that it's a very young cast. Yes, and a lot very of them, talented cast. Absolutely brilliant, aren't they? And a lot of them have never been on stage before, ever. Right. You can't believe it. Don't ever mistake so this, ladies and gentlemen. When, when we say they've not been on stage, you think, oh, it's going to be one of these amateur... This is the most professional thing you'll ever see on stage. Oh, yes, absolutely. They're brilliant. Absolutely. And I also thought, well, you know, it's the end of all the hair gel, because they all have these... All the boys in particular have these mm. amazing German haircuts with strange styles and... Loads and loads of hair gel, so unfortunately it's not good news for the hair gel manufacturers either. Yeah. But <laughs> it is a bit rude, it has to be said, there is nudity. Yes, but we like a little bit of nudity, don't we? Absolutely, if it, gets, it put, puts bottoms on seats, I don't really care, so we oh, like yes, a bit of nudity. Oh yes, even if they're bare bottoms. And there's some rude words that. in it, but we're all adults nowadays. Oh, oh absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Full frontal nudity. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, well, I, I don't go to the theatre the for that. I get enough of that at home. So. I know, me too, me too. <laughs> In fact, by the time I get to the theatre, I think, oh, not nudity again, please. Yes, exactly. It's in we too don't, much. No, no. But it's a but, great shame. You should go and see it, ladies and gentlemen. If, if It's such a good piece. The songs are brilliant. The cast are fantastic. And it's such a shame, because out of all the shows that came in, this was the one I thought is actually going to run, because I was bowled over by it. Well, it is, and, and you can relive it, actually, if you want to see clips and things on our, on our new website, which means that, you know, you can kind of go through and see bits of it. But the best thing of all, of course, is to actually go and see it. They've done all kinds of ticket deals, I think, to keep the prices low and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, there we are. Spring Awakening hasn't made the summer, but that's, that's the way it goes sometimes, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. And your, your website is? www.whatsonintheatre.com Whatsonintheatre.com <laughs> There you go, so check yeah. that out That's Roger's new home apart New from home, here. yeah uh, oh, Duet yeah. for... Oh, somebody, somebody was telling about another a production which might be coming off earlier and I yeah. can't say because I don't think I think the company have been told but they haven't told the press Oh, probably not then And I can't... I can't say it now because the last time I did this and I said Oh, I've just been told a production's coming off and they hadn't even told the company Oops. Well, uh, it's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. I was, I was strange enough. They actually said, "Can Steve do, do a retraction?" This was twenty years oh. ago. So I did a retraction, and then blow me down. The following day, they posted notices for it. Well, we might know by next week, mightn't we? You, you'll you'll oh, probably know week. by end of today. Do you think so? Uh, well, I think so. Yes. All oh, right, we'll keep our ears out. Keep for your that ears one, open then. for that. Duet for but, one in the West End. Well, yes, lots and lots of stuff opening, of course, and mm. uh, it's interesting that plays are making a comeback because we've had loads of musicals, but. Uh, Waiting for Godot, of course, the, the most fantastic production of that ever with Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. But now, duet for one at the Vaudeville, which, interestingly, of course, that was where Stomp started out all those yes. years ago. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when yes. it opened at the Vaudeville and everyone wondered what this was? And it's um, all these guys making music out of dustbins and kitchen sinks and things. Mm -hmm. And now it's transferred. But the Vaudeville is where duet for one is on with... Um, this fantastic story, which was a movie. It suddenly dawned on me. I remember there was a film with Julie Andrews playing this violinist who gets uh, multiple sclerosis and uh, 
goes to see the psychiatrist. She's sent there by her husband. And it's what happens between her and the psychiatrist. Well, of course, on stage, this is the most gripping piece of theatre, I think, I've seen for ages. Because, you know, you've got Juliet Stevenson there turning up for therapy and Henry Goodman as the psychiatrist in the psychiatrist's... Well, virtually on the psychiatrist's couch, but not quite because she's wheelchair-bound. And it's how he therapizes her, you know, mm. trying to find out what's making her tick at the moment because she's so depressed and she can't play. She's a famous violinist. She can't play anymore. And uh, what's the problem at home? And it all goes back to her father. I thought, blimey, this is like Dr. Anthony Clare on the psychiatrist's couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really gripping stuff, really quite fantastically acted, you know. And uh, I love Juliet Stevens. Yes, you me know, too. She, because I think I think when you're in therapy, you know, you start getting angry, and you get angry, and you take it out on your on your therapist. That's what happens in this. You know, she really goes for Henry Goodman. I thought, blimey, she's going to jump out of that wheelchair any minute. And in fact, at one point, she wheels o- wheels herself over and kind of knocks him out of his chair. But it's a great, great piece. Absolutely great piece. So, so thumbs um, up. Yeah. Thumb, thumbs up for this one? Oh, yeah, thumbs yeah, up, thumbs absolutely. Up. Thumbs up for Duet for One. OK. I must just mention that Theatre Tokens celebrate their 25 years. Do you know when they started in 84, the yeah. average ticket price to see a show in the West End was...? One and six. £8.39. £8.39. £8.39 was the average price. And what was, 25 <sighs> years ago, what was on stage in London? The, the musical was...? Cats. No. No. Uh, Phantom. No. Hair. No. Oh, hair. No. 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 Oliver. Um, Oliver, yeah. It was yes. on 25 years ago. And the one on the roller skates. Oh, Starlight Express. Oh, Starlight Express, yes. of course. And who had just been born? Gareth Gates. No. And Who's me. Absolutely. Yes. And you. <laughs> and also the launch of the Apple Mac computer. That was 25 years ago. Now, I can't of course, it. you, you, that, you that, can that... use these tokens all over the place, all over the country, I think. They, yes, I think you can, actually, yeah. can't you? Good it sounds them. like Gareth Gates was born with a theatre token in his mouth. Well, he probably was, actually. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But uh, 25 years, we've seen some fantastic shows. Cats, Les Miserables, The Mousetrap. Um, yeah. Great actors and actresses. Peter O'Toole, Judy Dench, Glenda Jackson, Michael Gambon, the list goes yes, on Yes, it just on. goes on and on and on, doesn't it? And, so, and theatre zones are great, actually, because, you know, you can send them to friends, can't yes. you? Yes, and now you can use them. I think it's around 300 theatres around the country take them, so it's good oh, news. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't realise that. Oh, yes. So, oh, yes. yeah, so you could, if you're in Nottingham or something, mm. or wherever, or Hornchurch. You can use them there. <laughs> All right, listen, we'll talk to you next week. Yes, OK, Steve. And the, and the website it. is www.whatsonintheatre.com. Excellent. Thank you, Roger, very much indeed. Roger Foss back next week. Steve Allen talks theatre with the Society of London Theatre and TKTS. And Theatre Tokens, the perfect gift for every occasion. Competition time. The Society of London Theatre Tickets and Tokens, celebrating 25 years, and LBC 97.3 are giving you the chance to win a night at the theatre to see the international smash it show Stomp. It's at the Ambassador's Theatre. Okay. Uh, Theatre Tickets and Tokens. This is the original and official half-price booths at Leicester Square and Brent Cross. Accept no substitute. They have a wide range of shows at great prices. Don't go anywhere else for genuine half-price tickets. Okay. In this fantastic competition, exclusive to my early breakfast, we're giving away five pairs of tickets to see Stomp. Described as a truly inventive, exhilarating, hilarious and totally unique show, in which eight performers use everything from matchboxes, wooden poles and even the kitchen sink to hammer out a feel-good rhythm. Now, the first five winners, with the correct answer, will win 
a pair of tickets, OK? Tickets are valid from the 1st of June to the 19th of June, excluding Saturdays. Full terms and conditions on lbc.co.uk. Now, listen carefully to the question, because it, there's a very important bit in here. As I've said, Stomp is currently being shown at the Ambassador's Theatre, but which West End theatre did it make its 1991 debut? Which West End theatre did it make its 1991 debut? Was it A, the Garrick, B, the Bloomsbury, or C, the Lyceum? So in which West End theatre did Stomp make its 1991 debut? A, the Garrick, B, the Bloomsbury, C, the Lyceum. You call 0845 6060 973. First five people through with the correct answer. Is it A, the Garrick, B, the Bloomsbury, C, the Lyceum? We'll each get a pair of tickets to go along to see this fantastic show. It'll have you tapping your feet, so come on, give us a ring now. 0845 973 even if you just have a guess. In 91, uh, Stomp was in a West End theatre. Which one was it? A, the Garrick, B, the Bloomsbury, or C, the Lyceum? Steve Allen talks theatre with the Society of London Theatre and Theatre Tokens, accepted at over 230 theatres nationwide. And happy birthday to them for 25 years. Uh, we celebrate National Donut Week with Duns. And strangely enough, uh, Bryn sent me in a, an email. It starts off, and I've just... I made myself look completely stupid with Paul Savory. I said, Anne... Annie says, Bordar. And he <laughs> says, sorry, I said, Bordar. To Paul Savory, he'll know why. And it is... It's Boradar. Thank you. It means good morning. I know. <laughs> <laughs> How stupid am I? I'm bad in enough Welsh, with In is. Welsh, of course. So, Bodidar, to Paul Savory. Interesting, says Bryn, you were talking about Dunn's Bakery. Just after the war, when times was hard, my mum used to be a waitress for Dunn's with their outside catering. Chris Freeman has two brothers, Charles and James. They were all at Mill Hill School with our son, Timothy. Charlie and Tim were great fast bowlers and for three or four seasons were the opening bowling attack for the Mill Hill School and went on tours together. Tim was a bit more friendly with James... Uh, who's at the same age and now runs the Victoria Bakery in High Street, Barnet, and just like Dunn's, produces some of the finest bread and specialty patissier, patisserie uh, in London. He says, I guess James also joins in the family charity, giving the profits from the donuts. They're that kind of family. When Annie and I celebrated our golden wedding party, James gave us the celebratory cake. Well, they're very generous. We always, I mean, for years now, Dunn's have been sending in things, and uh, all they ask in return is we encourage you to go and buy a donut because the money goes to charity. 6p from everyone for National Donut Week goes to the Children's Trust, which provides care, education, and therapy for children with multiple disabilities. So it's, it goes to a good cause. And there's more than a thousand independent baker shops who are doing these donuts. So that's good, isn't it? It's wonderful. I like to feel that people are doing something. We'll have some winners for you in a moment, but uh, keep trying. Keep trying. Paul. Steve. British gardeners, I really like this idea. British gardeners are increasingly buying wallabies as pets to trim their lawns. Wallabies? Wallabies, as in small kangaroos. As in small kangaroos. Yes, private orders for the marsupials have jumped in recent years as landowners seek new ways of keeping their grass neat. Wallaby enthusiasts say the animal is a cuter, friendly and more exotic alternative than the sheep. <laughs> a pair of wallabies, though, are not cheap, with males costing £150 and females around £650, in addition to food and bedding costs. But Waveney Wildlife, Britain's <laughs> biggest private supplier of the wallaby, of has doubled orders in five years, driven by growing interest from individuals. Trevor Lay, who runs the centre at Bungay in Suffolk, now sells a 35 a year, and says he couldn't find homes for... He could find homes for three times as many. Okay. It's crazy, to be honest, if I had a hundred, he says, I could easily get rid of them. 
Good heavens, about a wallaby. A wallaby. Well, they are very s- cute. Very, very sweet little animals. You have, enough, have to have enough room, don't you? And they can be tamed. Actually, there is a park. No, where was it? And they said they had a herd of wallabies, or whatever they're called, a group of them. So, in other words, in, in Richmond Park, you've got deer, but you could equally have a wallaby herd, I suppose. Mm. I've seen them near us. Really? Yeah. In, in fact, I, I screeched to a halt one day, thinking I'd been on the on the on the booze a bit too much mm. because there was one in the middle of the road. Right, you don't expect to see it. <laughs> oh, they're wild. Uh, well, uh, no, they're not wild. This thing had got out of the field somewhere. Right, right where I live. Cool, blimey. There you go. Very shortly, you see people standing outside shops holding a wallaby on a lead. Makes a change from Staffordshire Bull Terriers, I suppose. I prefer a wallaby, I think. I prefer a wallaby too, actually. Although, how you'd cope with it, I've got no idea. Why? They jump, don't they? They don't walk. Well, they, uh, the, the, yes, but small hops. Yeah, but they're, my aunt, my Auntie Enid does that. They're, they're not big. Oh, right. They're okay. not big. I, I, I petted one in Australia. Oh, right. No, I used, very, to, I used to want friendly. to pet a koala, but somebody said they're quite dangerous koalas. Koalas are not... Well, they're not dangerous, but they stink of eucalyptus. Oh, do, oh I quite like because that. <laughs> because that's all they eat. Yeah. And they don't drink water. Oh. They, they get all the moisture they need from the eucalyptus. and But they... When they're given to you to hold, they mm. treat you a bit like a tree. And they have long fingers for holding mm. on to things. And they... Uh, sorry, long claws yeah. for holding on to things so they do kind of grab on to you all right but uh they, they are cute yeah i like yeah i like cute. it's like i've seen big bunny rabbits in places where they're they're angora no, they're not like bunny rabbits no they're not like but, but i've seen these are big ones which are angora and they look beautiful oh yeah you think quite like bunny with floppy ears elliot yes it is my email quite rightly so it's steve at lbc.co.uk or eight four eight five o. Uh, Thomas says, uh, I don't think Cyprus seems too rosy for quite a few Brits as their homes and island have been taken from them. There have been claims from people who say that the land belongs to them and the courts seem to agree with them, leaving Brits high and dry. I think that's mainly in Spain, isn't it? Where, where, where people have gone over there, built a, had a house built. Yeah. Turns out that the local mayor hasn't granted any, any permission at all. That's right. So they've been told to take them down again and people mm. have ploughed life savings in. Yes. So you have to be very, very careful. Uh, front page, I can't believe, front page of the Daily Mail, they've actually put dreary Peaches Geldof on the front. Lord knows, we must be so desperate nowadays, mustn't we, if she's inside, because she's upset father again. Why doesn't somebody just ask Bob Geldof, what do you think about your wayward daughters and what they do? She's now advertising agent provocateur underwear. I mean, um, I wouldn't mind, but she's not the best-looking thing in the world, is she? Classy. Classy. OK, now, so far, only three correct answers. You're not doing very well indeed. So I'm just very quickly going to tell you that I've got five pairs of tickets. So we've only got three. You've got two more going. The question is, Stomp is currently at the Ambassadors, but in which West End theatre did, did it make its 1991 debut? Is it A, the Garrick, B, the Bloomsbury, or C, the Lyceum? 0845 6060 You've got about uh, two minutes to get those winning entries in, and then we'll tell you who the winners are. Quarter to seven. Morning, everybody. 11 minutes to seven. We've got the winners. Got the winners for the competition. And uh, Roger says, I thought Stomp originated in Brighton. It did. We didn't, we didn't say it didn't, did we? I <laughs> the question was, it's being shown at the Ambassador's Theatre, but which West End theatre did it make its 1991 debut? And uh, I offered you the Garrick, the Bloomsbury, or the Lyceum. And the answer we were looking for was the Bloomsbury in 19... That's my stomach again going off on itself. Uh, the Bloomsbury in 1991 is where it made its uh, debut. And well done to the following people. Alison in Shepparton. Huge round of applause. Judy in Middlesex. Julian in Chadwell Heath. Yolanda in Islington. And Jonathan in Hampstead. 
There you go. No expense spared. No expense spared on this programme. <laughs> Everybody else will have a, you know, the Nick Ferrari award-winning show will have a brass band coming in and all the rest of it. Not on this programme. However, if you're thinking of being uh, cremated in a place called Milton Malsor in Northampton, uh, you, you get more choice now. They, they've done away with the organist and replaced him with a karaoke machine. What they've actually put in is something that can play CDs and cassettes. Yes, Because and people why say, not? I want this... This kind of thing. It's actually... I don't know why they've made such a big deal about it here in the Daily Mail, because every single crematorium has got a cassette machine. Well, as you said, there's nothing in the papers today. There's nothing to fill up the They're space. just desperate to try and find something, aren't they? Yes. Even, even down to the fact that a billionaire sheikh uh, has offered £250,000 to the household cavalry uh, to fly out to Dubai and perform for him. And somebody has said, I'm terribly sorry about this. The British Army isn't exactly for hire. You don't sort of rent it. Maybe we should. You well, exactly. It makes money back. He, he is, uh, he's very rich. It, it, it's, it's turned out he is one of these, these billionaires. Uh, luckily, the oil was found on their side. <laughs> you know, if it had been found anywhere else. So there you go. 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Paul. As a Chinese man, and he's uh, successfully patented his new invention which is a bicycle with odd-sided wheels. All right. <laughs> Lovely. Guan Baihui is his name. A retired military officer of Qingdao spent 18 months developing his unique bike. The front wheel is a five-sided pentagon, while the back wheel is a triangle. <laughs> yes. Uh, Guan says the bike is mainly for fun, but says riders could use it to lose weight as it more, takes more effort to pedal. No kidding. <laughs> there are too many identical <laughs> mass-manufactured things, he says. More and more people like weird and rarely seen stuff. Making this bike gives people an alternative. However, he admitted he was now looking for a manufacturer to mass-produce this invention. <laughs> Guan says he got the frame from an ordinary bicycle, but designed and made all of the other components himself. Do you ever see the bicycle that Paul Daniels featured on his magic show when he was on the television? And it was driven by this bloke, and what he'd done, he designed it so that when you turned the handlebars to the right, the wheel went to the left. So it was all oh, in reverse. In the, in the, yes, uh, so yes. consequently, your automatic reaction is to turn to the right, you turn it to the right, but of course you had to turn it to the left. And all you had to do was cycle from A to B. Everybody fell off. Because your automatic reaction is to... T you don't think you've got to turn the wheel in the opposite direction. That's funny. Very good. I've always wanted a unicycle or a pogo stick. We were a bit of a... You know, didn't have any of those sort of presents when no. we were young people, no. Do you still want one? Well, I don't think they make them for my size now. <laughs> it's a nice well, idea. Reinforced a re stick. Well, I don't think we know to go that far. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Please wish Marilyn well today. She's off to Moorfields for the second time to have some uh, work done from Phoebe Daisy and Lindsay of Barnet. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Steve, uh, when I was uh, a kid in Oz, I had a pet kangaroo. Oh, right. So there you go. Um, Rob says, what am I going to do? Yes, My beautiful Skippy. Skippy. <laughs> skippy. Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what am I going to do? My beautiful Shirley and I, says Rob, are off to America to see the in-laws. No Steve Allen. Oh, uh, well, got to come back to go to Hornchurch. There you go. Yeah. I don't, everybody's going to Hornchurch for some reason. Yeah, I don't know no why. idea why. Very strange. Uh, another one here. Uh, Liz, one here that says, uh, don't have uh, Botox. It means that you're no longer unique. Because then, I don't know anybody else who's had Has anybody else had it, do you think, on uh, on LBC? Have any mm. other presenters have had Botox? Well, it's not exactly the thing you have for radio, is it? I don't, well, I don't know, because <laughs> you have to be seen outside, I suppose. <laughs> <Do you? laughs> uh, Debbie says, I've just been passed by, passed by a very posh car with a number plate X1LBC. 
Uh, if it's your boss, I'm going to wind my window down and blare, blare you out and yell, we love Steve, at him. I don't think it's my boss, X1 LBC. <laughs> Actually, LBC1 used to be the London Brick Company. It was on a green, uh, green Bentley, I think. Yeah, that's right. But uh, I remember that years ago, because when I used to work at New Scotland Yard, I used to go onto the computer and type in number plates <laughs> just to see what the car was. <laughs> oh, there <laughs> you Naughty go. boy. I know. The Milky Bar Kid has saddled up again. Milky Bar Kid is strong and tough. And only the best is good enough. Creamiest milk, the whitest what? bar. The goodness, that's in Milky Bar. The Milky Bars are on me. Yay! And then he'd stand there and throw these things out at people. I used to know one of the Milky Bar Kids. Yes, they had loads, didn't they? Came into heaven. Really? Another story. A Milky Bar Kid. Yes. I remember him from a long, long time. It's like that kid who used to push his bicycle up the hill. Oh, and the Hovis the d- See, you know what it is. It's Hovis. I do. Yes. But they're actually bringing... Uh, back things together, because apparently we like the old-fashioned adverts. And I have to be honest, I do like adverts that, that, that sort of meant something. I was, I was never sort of a fan of celebrities doing adverts, because I thought they've only been paid a fee for doing it. Yeah. There's no, there's no point, really. I'd rather have something And the, like those Hovis ones in particular were so beautifully crafted as well. Uh, they they named the the village where they were. Was it Skelmersdale or, or somewhere like that? Well, that sounds interesting, no. doesn't it? Skelmersdale. Well, it's up there somewhere. Know. There's a bloke who's in the papers today, and he will be identified. And he's pictured down in Hove. He's I mean he's he's quite oh, identifiable. The man with the dog. The man with the dog. He's picking it up and he's throwing it into the sea. He then grabs it by its collar and drags it out again. And he did this a few times, and somebody uh, filmed him. And by the time the police got down there, he'd gone away. Well, I mean, his car's very easily identified. He's got a couple of these dogs. The trouble is, I don't know whether or not it's as it's as dangerous or as offensive to the animals. I well, think... I'm looking at this, and... What do you think? I don't know. Some in... dogs love to go in the water. I yeah. don't know whether he's actually chucking the dog in the sea. Because he's putting it or... back out again. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I looked at this because I was going to do the story and I thought, no, there's... Yeah, I, I was in I don't, I don't well. really think that this is as bad as it looks. No, that, that's what I was thinking as well. That's what I thought. Because when you, he, he's pulling them out again, surely you wouldn't be that... If you're going to do something like that, if you're going to throw a dog in, you're not going to bother pulling it back out mm. again, are you? It's a bit pointless. You might as well stand in the garden and chuck it in a swimming pool. Yeah. But he's actually easily identified. He probably doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. Perhaps he's teaching them to love... Perhaps this dog loves water. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of them do. A lot yeah. of dogs love the sea. And and the reason he's probably throwing it in, I'm only guessing here, is because it won't paddle in by itself. I don't know. I'm trying to think mm. of anything like that, which is which is very strange. Mm. But he's in the papers today, very identifiable. He might say, excuse me, these are my... You know, the, the, come round and see them. They're very well looked after. I don't know. I do hope so. Simone says, did you say minoxidil doesn't work when stopped? Of course it doesn't work when you stop taking it. That's the whole idea no, you have of taking, to keep it. taking it. You have to keep taking it, and when you stop taking it, your hair reverts to the condition that you would have had had you not ever taken it. It's, it's one of those uh, drugs. It doesn't work for everybody, of course. It's a great cartoon in the Daily Express today. There's a hoodie um, saying, I was spared prison because I'm on drugs. Oh. And then there's a man in a pinstripe suit saying, I was spared prison because I'm an MP. It's going to rumble on today, no doubt. Nick will be talking about it after the news at seven this morning with Siobhan Wykes, the editor of Love It magazine. And no doubt they will ponder at some point over Katie and Peter. And the big question, which I'm sure will be in the papers tomorrow, is has somebody left Harvey home alone just with a carer? Why have they left him there by himself? Why has either mummy or daddy not taken him, you know, with them? Well done to Alison, Judy, Julian, Yolanda and Jonathan for winning our competition. Thank you to Paul Savory. You're welcome very much indeed. Do read the blog later if you go to lbc.co.uk. 
it's always guaranteed to be a little little bit uh, tongue-in-cheek, a little bit of smile, hopefully, on your face. Uh, plus, of course, there'll be details of Roger Foss's website. That'll be on there as well. We're back tomorrow morning. Do it all over again. If you still stay with LBC co.uk you can find out how to podcast it'll be the best thing that you've ever done your life will change and never again will you go on holiday going do you know there's nothing to listen to on the radio because you can download everything including the award-winning nick ferrari who's with you after the news which is next on lbc <laughs>